the holy scully cap to possess without me having to say them aloud. Because that is what he can do. His ability. I do not yet have an ability. I am only an almost twelve-year-old boy, small for my age, black-haired like my mother, wanting no more than for the life I have to keep going as it is. All these things are held in that moment. Everything I am about to lose. My mother adding up numbers inside her head. My father watching as she slides the tip of a number two pencil into and out of the gap between her teeth. Me with something rare I am waiting to show my father. It has been a cold day, the temperature barely making it into the twenties. But the chill has thinned the air and the sky is clear. The last rays of sunlight slant through the front windows of our apartment, and though it is only mid-afternoon, there is a sense of the day ending. That nostalgic Sunday afternoon feeling of wishing to remain exactly where you are. Those things, too, are held in that moment. The moment before the violins turn into words, turn into surprise attack and Japanese bombs, and Pearl Harbor. It is my father's hand I'm looking at when my eyes go bad. My father's hands are not like anyone else's. The skin in the creases has been bleached white by the chemicals he uses to develop his photographs. My father shoots portraits, and I think of these white marks as the ghosts of every picture he has ever taken. It's these white marks that disappear first, blurring into nothingness, like ghosts vanishing. Then the hand itself, the edges melting away, dissolving into a table painted a red that doesn't belong in a kitchen. My eyes dart around the room, but everything has turned into a mass of color, as if the outline of each object, the icebox, the stove, the window over the sink, has been erased as if the boundaries that keep the color of one thing from invading another no longer exist. And what I think, what I can only think, is that it is the Japanese, that they, with their bombs, have knocked the entire world out of focus. I search for my father, stare into the space where a second ago he was sitting, but there's nothing there except the brownish-red smudge of the wallpaper, and it feels like those bombs have sucked all the air out of the room, along with the outlines of things, because I cannot breathe, can only gasp. I hurl my arm into the place where my father had been, stunned that the Japanese could have taken him from me, amazed at their evil magic. My hand collides with something the bones of his chest, the worn fabric of his shirt. My father shifts in his chair, drops his hand over mine, and I realize that his reddish hair, the Sunday stubble on his face, his brown shirt, have all merged with the wallpaper behind him, turning him invisible. I press the flat of my hand against his chest until I can feel his heart beating. And that's better but only a little, because now Aunt May, my mother's sister, and Uncle Glenn are in our kitchen, which I know only by the sound of their voices. The two of them, 
up from their apartment one floor below, and I have the sense from the confident movement of their blurs, Uncle Glenn's pudgy and beer-colored, Aunt May's still in the navy blue suit she wore to mass, that they do not see our kitchen as an unnavigable smudge of color. And I'm figuring out, by the way Aunt May is clattering what sounds like rosary beads on the table, and saying we should all go straight back to Good Shepherd and repeat a thousand Hell Marys for peace, saying to my father, yes, even you, Dennis, my father having long declared that Ireland more than cured him of Catholicism. And by the way, Uncle Glenn keeps repeating that first thing tomorrow morning, he's going to Whitehall Street and joining up. And by how the black-haired blur of my mother is heading for the living room, shouting back that everybody needs to pipe down because she can't hear the radio, that it is only me.